0: Welcome to Crosstalk, the gospel for today and beyond. We are so glad you could join us today. The Crosstalk podcast is in pursuit of growing in our understanding of the gospel and discovering what it means to transfer to the next generation. And now, here are your hosts, Charles and Daniel. Daniel.
1: Well, last week we picked on the women, so now we're going to pick on the men, and we're going to deal with fatherhood. Obviously, we um, said that tongue-in-cheek. Yes, hope, yes.
2: <laughs> encur- hope, hope is to be encouraging.
1: Right, to be encouraging uh, in these God-ordained uh, positions and responsibilities. But uh, we do want to talk about fatherhood today. Um, last week, we did look at the, the whole implications of motherhood, and now we want to kind of turn our attention toward fatherhood, but with the understanding that there is a great responsibility upon the father, the husband, because of the call to leadership, to lead. And what I would encourage, man, if you didn't listen to the motherhood one, go listen to it, because you're going to need to help serve your wife in that way. Right. Um, yeah. And so, how we want to do it today, though, is we want to use the life of Job is kind of an example of fatherhood. Some of the things that the the passages tell us, the text tell us. Um, and we want Job to challenge and encourage us. He wasn't perfect, but he does give some examples and things to follow.
2: Yeah, also this, there's a broader message that was preached from this passage. If they if our fathers would like to hear it, they could go to westwoodbaptist.org. dot org. I believe that's the website. And it was a year ago that it was preached at Westwood. And you could get some broader um some broader application and expansion on the subject.
1: Okay. No, absolutely. It would be great. And maybe we could, if you ask us, we can give that uh, link or whatever. If I had it in front of me, I would give that um, that message. You're talking about the message that yes, you preach. Yes. I would give that link. But I don't have it in front of me right now. They could go to just mywestwood.org yeah, uh, and pull that, that that'd up. That would be as simple as you can find it there right. and do a search. But I don't have the specific right. um domain there. But anyway, we'll jump into the material today. Um, we want to look at the faith of a godly father, the family of a godly father, the foe of the godly father, and the friend of a godly father. A lot of material to cover today, so let's, let's jump into this. And What is the faith, or how do we describe, what is the example of faith of a godly father through Job?
2: Well, Job is one of the better examples in Scripture, and more specifically in the Old Testament Scriptures of a man of faith. And when we say a man of faith, we're not thinking in terms of a man who has a positive attitude and everything's going to be alright, we're going to work through this and make it happen. No, we're talking about a man who is, is um, ruled by the faith, what the Scriptures call the faith, the once for all delivered to the saints, that he stands fast in the faith the gospel faith of Scripture. So he's a man of Scripture, he's a man of faith. That plays out uh, practically in Job's life. If you look at Job chapters 1 and 2, we're not going to read all those, but you see that that Job himself was a man of spiritual integrity. It says in those early verses he was blameless and upright. That Those words were used not to describe a person who was perfect, but a person whose life showed righteousness, uprightness. Um, he was nobody could point the finger and say you hypocrite, you know. So he was a man of spiritual integrity, uh, and that's what we need to be as fathers. We, our children are going to watch us for a few years. What they see will have a profound impact on them.
1: I, I think I think that's one of the things that when I first became a father was probably the uh, probably the strongest thing that hit me is the realization that he is watching, my son is watching. And now when I see him imitate both Michelle or I in certain things, maybe some things that are more – Sometimes it's funny, sometimes it isn't. (laughs) Are weaknesses, then you go, oh, you know, and that kind of realizes the importance that you have of living in spiritual – Integrity before your children, um, and and you don't see that until you see your children. It's like you're almost watching yourself in a mirror sometimes. And I think right. you exactly. gain a new reality, a new perspective on that in being a father. Um, but it's it's one of those things that, it, to be honest with you, it hit me really, really hard. yep, <laughs> it, yep that, that, that reality, and still does.
2: Yeah, yeah, and it doesn't ever stop hitting you. Actually, yeah. Uh, so he was a man of spiritual integrity. He was um, a man of spiritual intimacy.
1: Now when we talk about spiritual intimacy, what do we mean by that?
2: Well, the the text tells us, the Old Testament narrative tells us that he was one who feared God. Ah. That word which has escaped our vocabulary to a great degree, but our Puritan forefathers and other Christian forefathers used it to describe uh, a person who walked with a constant awareness of God who uh, of God's presence who walked in intimate fellowship with God who was a, a prayer a genuine prayerful man and godly man but he he lived his life before the face of God as the reformers like to say so um we we usually fear what dwarfs us, right? Right. And if we have this high view of God, we are dwarfed by His greatness, His majesty, His power, in His, and, and we are humbled by His goodness and grace that that go with those things. And that was the kind of man that Job was. He was a he was a man uh, who feared God, who was blameless and upright.
1: Well, and I think that intimacy, and you kind of already alluded to this, but it's knowing your God now they didn't have scriptures like we have to read them you know what i'm saying to to get right. to know their god the relationship between them and god was different in how god interacted with the but his they people. didn't have
2: all the written revelation that's right
1: but how much more so we have the written, complete yeah. Word of God to grow in our knowledge of God. He speaks to us there to grow in our intimacy with God because of what we know of Him and who He is and yeah. what that means for our lives and the implications there.
2: Yeah, it's interesting that Job may not have had any written revelation because some theologians believe he predated Moses. So anyway, see, he was a man of spiritual, also of spiritual consistency. The, the text tells us here in chapter 1 that he shunned evil that the old the old uh, King James says he eschewed evil he hmm. shunned it he, he he pushed it away from him he he was a man who did what he could to as well Romans 13:12 says put off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light Th- this is the new testament description of what job was like right. he was a man who tr- who did all that he could to keep evil out of his life
1: you made a comment before we came on and talking about this you said this is not just a positive mental attitude. This is this is more of something that is founded upon the word of God, who he is, who God yes. is. Mm-hmm. And I think that's important because it's very easy to try to be positive. The world just says be positive, you know. Yep. It's not just enough to think happy thoughts. Right. We want to be founded on something more than just a positive mental attitude. Right.
2: There are times when life is very negative. So our sense of faith is not in our circumstances, but in God Himself. It's one of the points to, to note here, just briefly. But I didn't—we didn't mention it when we were preparing for this. But he was a man of spiritual tenacity, mm. his endurance. You remember, uh, James talks about the endurance of Job, mm-hmm. and uh, we have to be those kind of men. You're going to start fatherhood pretty early in life. Most of us, pretty early in life, and fatherhood's going to last a while. And if you're going to be this kind of man, you're going to have to have some spiritual endurance, tenacity.
1: One thing I've come to realize, being a father and a husband, is that though my son bears the responsibility for his sin, ultimately, and so does my wife, for that matter, I still bear the, the responsibility as the leader to do what I'm supposed to do, to guide and lead, to be the man of faith, of godly faith, In my home, and if if there's one spot in my life that that's not true, I need to take action in that. Mm -hmm. I need to take leadership in that. We can't assume it's going to get
2: better by osmosis. Right. We have to. Yes, that's exactly right. Okay.
1: So we had the faith of the godly father, but what about the family? of a godly father. And something you said, this is the attitude toward his family, not necessarily his actual family, because we don't know a ton about his family.
2: No, I want us to think in terms of how he viewed his family, and I want our fathers who are listening and men who are listening who may become fathers at some point to think in terms of how they view, how they looked at their attitude toward their family. Now, it's interesting that Job's wife does something that was, you know, she gets kind of a bad rap. Because everything falls in on Job, and she just tells him to curse God and die. She didn't really offer a lot of encouragement and help in the situation. She just says, you know, if you're smart, you'll curse God, he'll kill you, and you'll get out of this mess. But um, um, So you see that. You see his children by way of especially his prayers. So let's just, let's just kind of delve into that first. He prioritized his family. You see that that he had his family. In my chapter 1, you see how his family was on his heart. Mm. you know what's on our hearts What's on our hearts is what we prioritize, right. and, and what we prioritize is what's on our hearts. You know, it's kind of like when Jesus said, uh, uh, you know, where your heart is, is your treasure? where your treasure is, where your heart will be. Well, that certainly applies here. So um, we see a man who prioritized his family, his prayer life, and he, they were on his mind. Uh, so we see that, how Joe prioritized his family, and then we see how he prayed for his family. And I just want to give some clear things from the text there. Of how he prayed, because he prayed, he he was concerned. Well, he prayed consistently, faithfully, because it says in the past he played, did this regularly. Right. And then he prayed specifically. He prayed that they would not, break out spiritually. He he was concerned, you know, that they might curse God or do something that they shouldn't. He and therefore he prayed realistically. You know, he didn't pray with some high-in-the-sky thing that they wouldn't be, uh, what they that they would just normally be naturally, because he loved God, they would love God. And then he prayed expectantly. He obviously expected God to hear his prayers and respond. I think we should pray with some sort of expectancy that God will bring salvation and good things biblically to our children.
1: One of the things that I do, every uh, typically I'm the one that goes in and checks on William before we go to bed, because obviously he goes to bed before we do. And I've developed the habit of praying for His salvation as I check on Him. You know, just kind of praying over Him. I think I could pray more. In fact, I know I can pray more. But just developing those little moments throughout the day where you do the same thing at every point of the day. Right. To pray. And I think that's, those type of things are are like, oh, I don't have time to pray for an hour in the morning. Right. But you can find those moments by which to pray right. for your family for yeah. certain things you know, and just, it may be different for you.
2: Yeah, just you saying that makes me think, you know, when a child gets up just say, let's just stop and commit the day to the Lord. Yeah. Or well, we
1: do it before he goes to bed.
2: Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so, but yeah, whatever, just however you do it. But he he prayed, he he gave offerings for his family, he prayed reverently, he was a worshiper and when he worshipped as he prayed for his family. So this, is, this shows something of his um, of his faith.
1: What? What about? So we talked about the faith. We have talked about the family. What about the foe? Is there something that's attacked the foe of the godly man? Is there something he's fighting against?
2: I don't think our listeners will have any problem identifying the foe of a godly father and Satan. Went the, the Bible describes. We don't know all the details of this. We just it's described when the sons of God, angelic type beings came before the Lord and the Lord it's like he, he knows what's going on with Satan already so he's got this thing licked before it ever starts but he says have you considered my servant Job and Job says yeah I have but he, he serves you for ulterior motives you know and so what we see here is that Satan is the accuser of the brethren and he's certainly the accuser of a godly father uh, we have an accuser one who stands against us and uh, we need our intercessor the Lord Jesus Christ. We need our intercessor the Holy Spirit. And uh, uh, and, and then he worked to be able to attack jo- uh, Job. Now, I think sometimes we give Satan too much credit. Mm, I possi- think we
1: give him way too much credit.
2: But possibly give him not enough credit. To, but that I think we should see here that jo- Job has a plan of attack. But his plan is completely at the mercy of and under the authority of God himself, God, so.
1: Well, I think what we see with that conversation between Satan and God himself is the complete sovereignty of God, and I said this before, you know, we want to believe that God is sovereign theologically, but we really have a hard time when it comes to applying it practically, and I think you'll see Job wrestle through that as you read through the narrative. Right. And he asks a lot of questions, which I think any human being would ask, but that's really what it comes down to. When you're fighting the foe, do you trust the sovereign God, or do you give in to the foe? And, you know, there's an invisible warfare going on. We don't need to make up
2: right. a warfare. Right. We don't need really to create some scenario that we don't know. We simply know We are some, in the warfare. We are in a warfare. Satan is at work. We need to lean upon our Father, lean upon our Savior, lean upon the Spirit, and trust God to help us and go to Him.
1: You have pa- passages that say, fight the good fight yeah. of faith.
2: That is exactly right, so uh which leads us in the end finally, to the friend of a godly
1: friend father. of a godly father, yeah, that we may have a great foe, but we have a greater friend, so what you're talking about is 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 God himself as our friend, as a father, as a husband, we have a friend that we can rely upon, because I think most of us would like to think we have someone that we can have as our bud. Is our pal. We're talking about more than that. We're talking about somebody who we can lean upon. That perfect father himself. Yes. Who watches over us. We do think in those terms. Mm. Our
2: father loves us. He set his love upon us uh, in eternity past. He has always loved us, even before we were born. And so, uh, what you see in Job is you see God's testimony of Job. He says, if you consider my servant Job, he's blameless and upright, fears me, is, and shuns evil and of course Satan comes back with the attack but this this is the thing that matters most is what God thinks of us you know uh, uh, Paul said one in one of his pastoral epistles um, the um, uh, let everyone who names the name of Christ depart from iniquity but he says before that that it's important that G- God knows us and God know, knew Job. And if we know him, he knows us. That's what the most important part of this is. So he, he had this testimony of Job, and he had a, a testing. God was up to something here.
1: A lot of believers have a tr- they have a a struggle. And I was in discussion with this with a brother of mine, probably maybe about a week ago, brother in Christ. And the, he was talking about another brother who struggles with this idea that God causes pain. Not that he doesn't you know work through suffering but that he causes or allows pain and suffering and people struggle through that and and I think Job is a prime example to answer that biblically is that ultimately God allowed this into his life right. God is not the institute inst- he does not institute evil right does not institute sin but he uses means by which to make us more like him, to even discipline us, right. to lovingly discipline us, to bring about that sanctification right. that we're looking
2: for. sharpen our focus.
1: And, and I think that's – and at some point, you're not going to figure it all out. And I think we have to stop figuring it out, because that's what Job was trying to do. He was trying to figure it out. Why is this – and finally, he just had to rest upon the fact that God's the one that made the earth. Yep. And God asked him, he hey, do you do world. any of this around here? Yeah. yeah. No, you didn't.
2: It's interesting, you know. The question is: Did 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 Job struggle? Yes. Did he waver? No. Then, if you mean by waver, he had some questions. Yeah, he had questions, but mm-hmm. he didn't waver. He still looked to God, and and then he was faithful. And we, again, we see in James the whole thing of testing, God using testing, and Satan using testing as a temptation. So. When you look at this passage, this challenges us to strive to be the ultimate father. Now there's only one ultimate father. Right. That's our Heavenly Father. But we are in process, just like all Christians, and right. we fathers need to continue to work toward being the ultimate biblical father.
1: Well, and I think those of us who have not become fathers yet, those of us who are in the process and we have one, maybe we're gonna have more, we don't know what's coming. Right. That's why we have to do these things. I guess you might say, right. you know, if you want to put apply it that way, apply these things, apply yeah. these things yeah. is a better yeah. way to to put it, and be ready, right, for whatever may come. Yep, that's okay. true. Well, we thank you for joining us this week, and uh, it's has been. I feel like this has been such a great follow up to Parenting by Grace. Is now delving into what does motherhood look like? What does fatherhood look like? Again, this is not exhaustive. It's scratching the surface, but we encourage you. To let the word of God speak to you in terms
0: of being a mother, a father, a husband, a wife.
1: Right. Amen.
0: Thanks everyone so much for joining us today. You can always visit us on the web at crosstalkpodcast.org. Crosstalk is produced by Vision for Living Ministries, a nonprofit organization. This podcast is a free resource, but you can support us financially through our website. For more information on Vision for Living Ministries, visit our website at visionforliving.org, where you will find more great content. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. Just search for Vision for Living or on Twitter at V4L. We also love to hear from our listeners. You can email us at info at Be sure to join us next week on Crosstalk, the gospel for today and beyond.